Episode 2, Garbage Compactor 3263827. What the fuck? Welcome to Star With I'm your host, Marty, with my co-hosts... Alex Strang. Jason Tagmeyer. And today's episode is... The Garbage Compactor 3263827, otherwise known as the Trash Compactor from A New Hulk. That's like my favorite Trash Compactor <laughs> of the series. I like the Garbage Compactor 3.14159. Uh, what's the difference? It's got some other features. I was trying to pie it out, but... Well, no, it, well, that's basically what it is. It's just full of pie. Oh, it's a pie tractor? Well, it's a pie chute. Like, this, like if you mess up a pie, you would put uh, it in there. I That's what I picture. So, and I want to get to that, definitely. Something about that, <laughs> the, the pie that's in there and, and the other contents of the Garbage Compactor Compactor 3263827. But before that, we should describe it. For somebody who hasn't seen it or doesn't remember it. Well, it seems like the... Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Chewie are in the Death Star fighting off the stormtroopers. And as a desperate move, um, they jump into a chute and wind up in the uh, trash compactor. The trash compactor is sort of this small room that is full of random junk, I guess, that's been thrown away. In we probably don't know why that. Yeah. yeah. We don't know yet. We don't know why. We don't know what really is. There's just a bunch of, you know, sort of metallic-y junk. The kind of things you, I guess, you would expect to see stuff thrown away, and it's oh, kind of no. filled with water along the bottom, which I imagine is trash water, which trash like, juice, trash juice, which is yeah. really gross thinking about <laughs> it now, uh, and it's just sort of piled up, and then eventually it actually does start to compact and get smaller, and there's a door. Oh, you and a forgot hatch. the most important part. Before the compacting even starts, there's a monster underneath of some type that keeps attacking them. Yes, it attacks uh, Luke. Specifically, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it has a thing for Luke. Yeah. So it's this it's this area, it's filled with trash. Um, they're in there, it starts closing on them, and it, it's, a, it's a pretty intense scene in, in A New Hope. Um, but we want to talk about this compactor yeah. specifically. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is is the trash that's inside of it. It's not kind of your, your normal trash you would see if you, you know, went into my house and I... I I had the, the trash sitting there in the kitchen, which is loaded with mostly food and packaging and things like that. This is like a bunch of metal and plasticky Legos, parts. Legos, basically. That's the thing, though, is that, like, this is garbage... Space Lego. This is garbage compactor 3263827. Who knows how many actual garbage compactors are on the ship? Now, that number... At least that number. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that might not be the number that it refers to, though. The number could just be the number of the door. For the for the sake of uh, oh, whatever, you think every door in Death Star is a number? Well, it might be numbered for the sake of somebody who can unlock and unlock them because we see yeah. that three uh, CPO can unlock them. However, I like to think that there are uh, what three million two hundred and sixty three thousand eight hundred and twenty seven different trash compactors. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's the size <laughs> of what a small moon. Yeah. What's at the bottom of this trash compactor? Oh, right, right. It's it, it, the entrance to the compactor, at least the one entrance that we see on film, uh, is is in the middle of a hallway. So somebody's got to be walking down that hallway and right. dumping things down Specifically, there. Specifically, that hallway is the hallway that leads from the detention center, the, uh, the, the prison, because that's 
that they picked up Tessalea right beforehand, right. and then they go into there. Which I believe it's probably right after that control center that Han shot. Yep. So I want to know how the trash survives that long shoot. Like how it doesn't get stuck. Right. There's a lot of things that just wouldn't make it that far. They wouldn't have the momentum. Well, it's true because uh, you can see in in the scene that there's this like long pipe, and it doesn't look like it's doesn't part... go doesn't go straight down. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's actually like part of the room. It just looks like it's just this pipe, and like it doesn't. The shoot probably doesn't go straight down. You wouldn't make a shoot that that way. And but probably they're, they're not, not going straight you... down. They're going like at a little slight angle, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, like if you threw anything uh, lighter than a bowling ball, it's probably not going to make it down there. Probably well, especially the stuff we see down there looks mm-hmm. light. I just think it's there's 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 no packaging for there's no like trash bags. So the way you throw stuff out right now is you gather everything, you put in a trash bag. They had to gather no everything and just kind of dump it into. So a shoe. it could be like a like a dump truck, That's like the thing. whatever. It's like space. It's like not better than what we have. It's true. worse than what we have now. Well, yeah, because it's, it's less efficient. They, <laughs> you know, so we have the dump droid, for example, and the dump droid we fill it up with trash. It goes over there. It dumps itself down. That's. That's Isn't good. It like, it's recycling. It's... I mean, like, I mean, at the same time, couldn't it be just able to like disintegrate it into literal nothing? And be you like... think that they would do that? Well, <laughs> at least yet an even bigger question. It's a compactor, right? I assume like compactors we're familiar with. It, the idea is it compacts all that trash into a tiny little uh, volume, so they can you know do something else with it. There's a monster in there. That's true. Now, my biggest question was: Does the monster there to eat the trash? Is he actually or it actually the disposal unit? Or is the monster there by accident? Or think, is it trash too? Well, I think that monster has been there for a while and it either evolved out of a out of trash that went down there or you know, it, it lurks and finds this trash, but it's very thin. It's a it's a it's a thin, you know, snake. Well, that, 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 that might not be just it. Luke says the only thing that we know about it after it starts to compact is that it knows that the that the uh, the garbage does compact, and that Luke says it goes away, it, it swam away, or it got away, and then uh, so it could have left the room entirely. Like it has a way out. Like the water from this is coming in from some sort of like even more disgustingly, it's sewer. <laughs> so what's really interesting about that monster is it has this like periscope eye that comes up, right? Yeah, right. But then funny. it also has like long tentacles. So it, it it's it obviously has more to it than than just a snake style worm style body. I'm going to show you guys a picture of what it looks like in whole. It's it's called a Dianaga, and why does it have a second mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't have a second. Well, it's now, mouth at the bottom like a squid. That's like... the Dianaga. Does it is it Explain uh, what its purpose actually is. Is that, um, go that they're far, capable? We... They're large cephalopods. Uh, well, they... I mean, like, assuming. Okay, they would often prove a nuisance by nesting in bodies of water, sewage systems, and whatever are l- other large concentrations of dirty, appalling liquid that they could locate. They were even known to crawl out of toilets. How right, would well, they get there, though? Despite yeah. this, they could prove useful since they serve to rid waste of biological material, leaving behind salvageable minerals and metals. Well, that would actually, when you put it like that, it makes sense. Cause, Maybe he's eating all the foodstuffs. Like, it, it, they put it in there on purpose because there's no other way it could have gotten over the dead. killed by the compactor. 
Well, that's the thing, though, is that it's smart enough to get away. They were scavengers oh. and only pose a threat to living creatures when starved or threatened. Because of their penchant for living in and feeding on organic waste, they were sometimes referred to as garbage squids, sewage squids, or trash monsters. So I mean, my question still exists. Is it... Did they keep it there on purpose? Or did it, is it a nuisance as uh-huh. it got in there by Here accident? Here we go. One Dianaga was, was known to have boarded the Death Star and made its home in, the, in one of the garbage factors. Uh, we know which one. <laughs> garbage factor three, two... <laughs> Six three eight two seven. My the favorite. best garbage compactor on the. So it boarded the Death Star. The Death Star. Like, like either it pulled its <laughs> ship up and parked and got out <laughs> and, and said, space. "Where's the nearest?" Uh... Maybe somehow lives in space. Well, we do know that there are creatures that live in space because right. uh, the space worms and the Minox exist, and um, so they it could have it could have somehow found its way. But I, I like to think though it could have crawled in like an exhaust port or something. Well, I mean, how it got on there is the most hard-to-figure-out part, because it's not... It doesn't seem that small. He has a tentacle that's capable of wrapping around Luke's neck. Well, let's assume the trash, is when it finally gets compacted, shot out into space. I'm assuming. I don't know, though. So that's a whole thing. Where does this trash go when it's done? If, it, if that's the case, then there's going to be some kind of port or yeah. vent or something, and maybe the creature can't Or they burn it, or they... I mean, like... Turn I, it into... What I would do... I mean, it's a compactor. The idea is that... Maybe this is maybe the reason why we don't see any packaging is because that what Dianaga eats everything else. Because this room could also be sewage, and it's just like I'm just gonna eat up all this poop or whatever. It's true. Yeah. And uh, like it it's doesn't not... eat metal or wood or plastic, and it right. ate everything else. Is one of the so things. So why doesn't it eat Skywalker? We could probably tried to, and it was gonna get away with it, but then Luke. Then the uh, the crash the compactor started. Oh, they ran away. Just didn't was, have enough time. So it ran back into the the sewer system. I'm not sure. And why was Luke so stupid about it when he finally came back up to the surface? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was. But I think nothing was, to offer. I think <laughs> it was like he can't. They can't actually see underwater well. So they're like, oh, I'm gonna try to get him. So earlier we were talking about pie, pie that this garbage compactor oh, has yeah, in it. Right. I just want to read this. Dianaga can be found in the sewers of Coruscant and, and many other locations across the galaxy. Their flesh was used in the making of Dianaga pie, and their spleens could be processed to make Dianagan tea, a beverage notably famor, favored by Admiral Pors Toneth. Oh, who's my favorite admiral? Oh, by far. Dianaga they, pie. This, that is where absolute... did that, How is that known? Like, where, Do you breed <laughs> these things for that? These things eat explicitly trash. They exist... In sewers. Dianaga pie was a dish made of Dianaga meat and could be found in most dingy areas populated by Dianagas, such as Narshada. It was served with crate milk. That's my favorite place. And this was from uh, Dark Empire 2, Duel on Narshada. That sounds familiar. I'm kind of grossed out by the fact that they they eat all this waste and then then people may take that and make a pie out of it. I mean, it's clearly... Maybe these are like... You know, the I grossest guess, people in the galaxy. Right, dingy like, areas, right. Like, you know, like, I can imagine that they serve it in Dexter Jetster's restaurant. So here, here's here's a quick question. What triggered it to start closing? Do you think it's a time-based thing? Do you think that somebody had knowledge that they were down there? Well, you know, the stormtroopers up on the surface. Um... What do you guys? What do you guys think? Feels like it was automated. I don't know. It feels I, that like way. It, it makes sense if it was automated. But I don't know. Like, someone could have pressed the button. We don't know about. 
Yeah, because they the stormtroopers did see them go into that chute. But then again, there's probably like thousands of chutes in the Death Star. Like I, you would have no idea where you're going at the time. This is a facility the size of the moon. Like imagine having every like hollowed out the moon and then we lived inside of it. And you're like, I need to go. I need to find you know one of the trash compactors that they just jumped into. You wouldn't know the name off the site. Like that one? Oh, that's uh three two six three eight two seven. Now, if you think of the odds, think of the odds that. Because of the fact that they go in there and almost, you know, almost right away, this thing starts compacting. That's pure chance that it would compact so so conveniently at that time. If it is an automated process, that means it must happen very often. It might happen every ten minutes or something. Which means it makes, makes you think that cause, because it just happens to happen when either it's sloppy screenwriting, <clears throat> or it's just. Well, it's screening. It's at at screenwriting convenience. Yeah, it just happens but, to. Yeah. Or, but it maybe it compacts that often that anyone down there for more than you know ten minutes is going to have this problem, which makes you think if it compacts often. That means they must be throwing that little bit of trash in there often. Here's maybe a question. Maybe it's endless remodeling going on. It's constantly happening in Death Star. There's one thing that we know about it. It's magnetically sealed. Yeah. <laughs> From inside or outside? <laughs> what? Tell me. I'm on Wikipedia. I will click on magnetic, magnetic seal. Well, okay, well, I want to get. I want to take a guess here, real quick. I'm going to say it's either referring to the fact that the door itself cannot be opened with the hatch that you, because you can see that on the door it has like a, like a wheel, yeah. like it is sealed magnetically. However, when they refer to it in the movie, they refer to it right after the laser starts bouncing around. Right, that's what's that's how they determine it. <laughs> it's like seal, but the laser's yeah, bouncing. That's the only time that Luke says that after it because he said he tried it. Like he so just did the, that. Are like, the lasers yeah. not just light? Are they some kind of magnetic? The lasers beam? have to. They don't bounce anywhere else. So the magneticness yeah, has really... to has to do with the. They know it's magnetic because of the laser bouncing. Because right. they don't shoot. And it bounces off walls anywhere else. Right, right. But at the same time, that means that every wall in this place is magnetically. And why charged. would it be so? Just in case anyone happens to shoot a laser blast. Well, I guess from a it? sense that a garbage compactor, if you had everything magnetic, there would be the point where when it finally gets to the, it's about to crush, it might go in a little further because the walls are magnetic. But at the same time, that makes it a harder process to pull them apart. Hmm. The magnetic seal. Uh, was a technology that utilized that utilized fields of electromagnetism to lock metal parts together. It was often used in locking me mechanisms for boxes, chests as a security measure, either to keep a container from being opened or stolen and stolen from, or to seal in hazardous materials. In addition, it was found in many high security doors and sometimes encompassing entire rooms or chambers, <laughs> such as the garbage compactors <laughs> aboard the first Death Star. Why yeah. would you bother doing this with a garbage compact? Because Ma maybe. They know that the Dianog is in there. <laughs> Mag seals, which we call them, you know, if you're if you're in the loop, were, <laughs> were also frequently used to secure prison cells and chambers in the form of an energy shield, like the prison cages abo aboard the bounty hunter Bosk's ship, Houndstooth. Oh, I remember the Houndstooth. So, um, cool. So the but trash we have magnetic locks now. I mean, it's not that. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Well, I like to think it's like those magnetic locks. Jay would know what I'm talking about specifically. But I remember when uh, Attack of the Clones, I remember had one figure. It's uh, Anakin, and he had a magnet in his hand, and he could open a box. Yeah. If you slid the, slide the hand across the thing. That's what I like to think of when I think magnetically sealed. Ah. Is this one stupid action figure I remember having? Was he, he was using the force, though, right? Yeah, he was using the force, but that's magnetically sealed, technically. <laughs> so let's talk about this trash compactor. Um, 
You are a a builder. You're building the Death Star three. Do you use crash compactors? Why do that? Why keep it on board at all when you can jettison the space? Yeah, because literally the Empire wouldn't care. They wouldn't be environmentally conscious. It's true. Because why would you be? Why would you even consider like that? Like unless you were trying to save as much metal, which would make sense. This costs what fifteen septillion dollars in real world money to build. So like. Like you could, I could see like wanting to save as much metal, but this compactor doesn't seem to be effective in any way. Hmm. Like, uh, well, actually, if it's deep inside the moon, that is the Death Star. I guess you can't simply jettison it into space so easily. Yeah, it depends how how far in right. you are. You, you need something yeah. inside, I guess. And then here's why I would include material. it. Here's why I would include it in mine. It it they've got their cell blocks, and it's right next to the cell blocks, and it's just. This person's in their in their cell, and if it's not working out, let's we'll toss them in the trash compactor and hope maybe it's either mm, it'll, they, the, they'll get crushed to death or, or uh, the Dianaga will take that. Would you put a Dianaga in there on purpose? It's a requirement. I mean, <laughs> but like the only way that that thing lives well, is I if you it, send the sewage in there. But I thought <laughs> it was a nuisance. They said it was a nuisance. It was a nuisance labeled there. But that makes me think though that they put it in there on purpose because otherwise I just can't imagine that thing having gotten on board. I wanted to point out two things. Because this is unforgivable. In the novelization of A New Hope, they refer to it as Garbage Pactor 36617-117891, which is unforgivable. That is, you messed up the one thing that you had to do to get that one number right. <laughs> did, they, did they did they change it for a reason? Maybe they, no. They probably just fucked. They just probably messed up. <laughs> they just they, they wanted to they wanted to put their own twist on the story. Oh, it was a little creative license. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Wait. Oh, and they missed a letter. I think in the radio drama version of Star Wars, which exists. <laughs> they said it wrong there too. Yeah, they said three two six eight two seven instead oh. of three two six three well, eight two seven. Cut off a whole digit. It yeah. seems to me there might be three different compactors. So. Three different versions of the story. <laughs> three, three universes. <laughs> three, three time streams. Well, the novelization's probably slightly different. I can, I can, you could probably say that. Maybe that's the, the point in time where things branch off. Like, which trash compactor you go into <laughs> depends on what's going to happen next. But I do have one other thing to say, and I want to ask you two. Do you think the Dianaga made it out alive? Totally, yeah. Why would it, it have to be able to make it out alive? No, I'm not talking from the garbage compactor actually compacting. From I'm talking about the Death Star the exploding. Death Star. Oh, that! <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody else seemed to make it out a lot. I would like to hope the Dianaga made it. Out. <laughs> he went there, he parked his ship, he, he wanted to have his... probably went into the next if one. You, if you look closely at the Death Star trench scene in A New was... Hope, you'll actually see his ship. That was added. That was added think... later, by the way. <laughs> I think he actually made it out in one of the escape pods. Actually, during the explosion itself, you can see something cling on to one of those sparks. <laughs> I like to think it was kind of like uh, it, at, at the end of um, uh, Spaceballs, where it's like Grand Moff Tarkin is trying to get into one of the space pods, and then like in there is like the Dianaga, <laughs> and it's like just launches itself <laughs> off. <laughs> oh. Wait. So, Alex, what do you think about the garbage compactor three two six three eight two seven? Um, the scene itself, I never liked. Um. The creature down there was seemed kind of ridiculous. Uh, didn't like that. Didn't like any of the acting that was going on at the time. Uh, <laughs> very harsh on this. Didn't like the actual debris. <laughs> kind of bothered me. It's just too clean. Cleaned. I didn't understand why, but it was kind of cleaned up looking. Didn't really feel like a trash scenario. Um, 
it's uh, it's funny now to look back on it. I, I I appreciate the humor, whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. And also, also, it's actually you know what? It's a really critical scene. The whole series because of the it's one of the I've got a bad feeling about this moments that yeah. happens in Star Wars quite a bit. And I, and so I mean, for I, that reason alone, I think it's an incredibly important scene. I mean, plus, it's very important because that's when we first meet the real villain of the movie, the Dianaga. Yeah, <laughs> or the savior. Yeah, you decide. I really liked it as, a, as when I was younger when I first saw this. Uh, I later I was a little critical of the actual Dianaga itself, especially <laughs> when its periscope head pops out. It's it, it, it's so bizarre. But um, it, it, it leads to one of my favorite, you know, scenes of the entire film is when C-3PO thinks everybody's dying when they're, when they're super excited that they stopped it from, from closing. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the scene, but as far as the, the compactor itself, uh, I think I prefer 3263826 a little bit more. That one is probably the better one. I gotta I got say one little thing about what you just said about C-3PO, though. Every time I've seen that scene, I always think it would be funnier if he heard him screaming, so he thought he hadn't pressed the button. And then he presses it again <laughs> to reverse it. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, Garbage Compactor 3263827 is not my favorite Garbage Compactor on the Death Star. <laughs> but at the same time, I do, I do enjoy the scene. I think, I, to be completely honest, I completely forgot every time that the Dianaga creature is in there. Like, I always think that as soon as they get down there, like, three seconds later, it starts to close. Right, right, right. Like, that's that's what I remember the scene as. But um, I, I think it works as, like, something to... Uh, mm. It's a great example of, like, an escalating issue. You run away from the enemy, but in the end run, you find yourself in a weirder situation or a worse situation. I mean, that might not be a great example of that, because I feel like, Stormtroopers surrounding you with laser guns is worse than a tentacle creature and a uh, and a walls moving in. But it's I don't know. The, the stormtroopers are pretty much not a threat. Are well, they? they're not really a threat now. In any way whatsoever. I, I I find the scene fine. Um, all all I could think about though is that Luke fell into that water, and that's really gross. Thinking about it, like I think it's great. Uh, uh, <laughs> I hope the I hope the Millennium Falcon has a shower. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back with the Star What the F*** Game Show. Uh, today we have two contestants here, and our contestants are... Cobb Sulphur. Cobb Sulphur. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a scout and a roughneck from OV3. I was on the Endor Commando team. Like, we, we went into Endor when, uh, you know, in that third movie. Um, after the Battle of Endor, I started a trading post there, in fact. Uh, the Ewoks don't have a lot to trade, but I get decent amount of business. There's oh. a lot of salvaging from the, the old Death Star. Okay, and our second contestant here tonight is... My name is Fosh Ka, and I remember this uh, Cobb Sulphur jerk from Endor, specifically. Um, I, I was there, and uh, <laughs> I'm actually a deity. Um, I help out the Ewoks a lot of times. I really take trees and move closer together to help the Ewoks escape uh, the Gorax, which is something I like to do. And uh, I don't know, you gotta do something if you're a dude, you can't just sit around. Okay, so today's question is, you would have to describe and tell me what this thing in the Star Wars universe is. Uh, so tell me about Vector Day. 
and we will start with Cobb Sulphur. I'm going to guess that Vector Day is another one of the Wookiee awful holidays. And Vector Day is the day where everybody sits down and they play the VX Spectrum, which was a vector gaming console that I believe had a Star Wars TIE Fighter game on it. Very um, interesting. And, uh, or, or it's probably more likely some kind of math day. Like, you know how we have Pi Day? They would have Vector Day, and they would discuss, you know, vectors and math terms. Now, uh, Fashka, do you think you can top that? I I think Vector Day is actually a person. I think it's the name of a person. I think they're a uh, interstellar kind of adventurer. Kind of like a, a rogue. Maybe they work as a courier and earn some money. Um, male, female, I can't, I'm not sure. But I, I think they're definitely a, a kind of wandering spirit. Once in a while does odd jobs for money. I have to choose a winner, but first I will tell you what it is. This is straight from Wikipedia. Vector Day was an annual holiday. <laughs> Wait, there's, there's a little more to it. I can't pronounce Mrip Mrip Poo was known to throw parties for this occasion at the Balderdash Terrarium. What, what does that mean? Do so we get any more? Is that, That's, is that was Vector Day. It was an annual holiday. It just leads to more questions. It's like another I can quickly answer your questions. We have a minute. Who is he? So. Where is he? What? Rip Rip was considered the Lothario Smarg of the Quank Jazz scene. She hosted the annual Vector Day parties at the Boulder Dash Terrarium. Celebrities such as Diasalga Twang, Rizko Snote, and Tyrese Black and White attended these functions. Wait, was this the Max Rebo band? What? I don't understand any of what you just said. There's more, at least some more questions. <laughs> uh, last answer is it was from a book in 1993, Monsters and Aliens from George Lucas. So who won? Uh, you did obviously top <laughs> suffer because yeah, it was a day. Story. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's set in the title. And thank you to our guests, Cobb Sulfur and Fashka, uh, for another wonderful game of Star with them. Thanks, guys, for checking us out, hearing us, and uh, participating by listening. And we can't wait to. Uh, display our talents and our love of Star Wars with you next time. Alright. See everyone. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Jabba's Palace Droid Security. We've got our eye on you.